0: Hello, everyone. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, why don't you be serious? You're not the host, Brain. Well, I should be. Christy Francesco is the host. Christy Francesco? Yes, that's correct. Huh. I didn't stutter. Didn't he get whacked in an episode of The Sopranos? Oh, give me a break. He hosts a podcast, Brain. Who the hell doesn't? Well, his is about wrestling. Who the hell's isn't? Uh, well, he talks about old wrestling. Wow! What a novel idea. Oh, next, give me a break. Next you're gonna tell me he's got a wrestling theme name for the show. Well, he uh come on,
1: monsoon, spit it out. It's the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. So what? And it's starting now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. Chrissy Francesco George Rogers is here with you. Uh we're kind of going a little backwards here. We're gonna cover a WCW pay-per-view. Uh we're gonna cover slambourie from 1997. Um this pay-per-view occurred on may 18th from charlotte north carolina that's a that's crockett territory that's wcw territory right there um
0: That's, that's 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 flair country
1: yep and this is an era where wcw from a ratings perspective could do no wrong you know they are demolishing the wwf um this pay-per-view did 165,000 buys. Uh, it was a, a, a sellout of just under uh, 10,000 people, $168,000 gate. And if you go to the other side on the May pay-per-view, which was in your house, they had two pay, I'm sorry, 1997, uh, the cold day in hell, which occurred May 11th. <laughs> um, it was in your house pay-per-view from Richmond, Virginia, had 143,000 buys, um, a sellout of 9,380 people, um, $116,000 gate. So on the other side, not bad, but not slamboree, um, you know, slamboree beat that, uh, cold Dane Hill by 50,000 pay-per-view buys and, and they're, and they're just, you know, nothing pay-per-views, uh, you know, may is traditionally not a huge time for wrestling. Um, WWF, it, it, it kind of is now because it's, it's what, two months removed from WrestleMania season. So you're just starting new programs in May. Um, I mean, geez, we're we're in May now. And there's a huge pay-per-view in Salty in two days from when we are uh, recording this for the WWE. Um, 1997, um, George, this is a lot of fans' favorite year. As fans in, in professional wrestling um, Your thoughts on being a fan Way back in 1997 1997
0: didn't really stand out to me As much as like 98 did
1: mm-hmm.
0: For me it was 98 uh, 97 it was The the war was pretty one-sided In 1997 With mm-hmm. all the favor going to WCW. There just wasn't a whole lot to really keep you invested mm-hmm. on the WWF side of things, uh, I mean, Brett was going through a, a great heel run with the um, with the formation of the of the of the Hart Foundation. I'm not sure if they are back by this point. I think they are because mm-hmm. we're not too far from Canadian Stampede, correct? Or International Incident, whatever it was called.
1: So which Canadian is, Stampede which was two months later.
0: Two months later, yeah. So we're not too far removed from that. Uh Taker was in his second run as champion, which was, and I hate to even say it like this, largely forgettable. Yeah, for sure. Um, like like the most memorable thing about Taker's second run was him winning the title and then him losing the title. Right. Right. There just wasn't a there just wasn't a whole lot in between. Austin was was on his way up, but he wasn't quite there yet. Um and HBK was playing his uh, his little knee injury, mm-hmm. trying to find a smile. So there correct. really wasn't a whole there really wasn't a whole lot to try to to, to really keep you in. Invest in raw. We wouldn't get that until for until maybe maybe August.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. After and- summer <clears throat> Go ahead.
0: No, that was that was all. Okay,
1: um, so yeah, you know we're fresh off this pay per view right here. We're fresh off WCW uh, Spring Stampede, which was a pretty good show. It you know not great, but a good show. Uh, it had some good matches to start, uh, and, and, and it just fell off after that. Uh, we learned that Lex Luger will challenge for the WCW uh, Heavy World Heavyweight Championship in the future. Uh, but however, uh, this is the third straight WCW pay per view without a world title match. And it would take three more months before we finally got one. So the champion putting the world title on, um, on ice isn't like a new thing um, for WCW in, in this era. Um, and, and look, to be honest, I like it. And in a day of today where there's just so much content, there's so much oversaturation of pro wrestling. Back in 97, man, it was like whenever Hulk Hogan was defending the title, it was a big damn deal. So it, you know, I think in this era, less was more. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. But you also had
0: such a deep in not so much on WWF, but in WCW. You had you had enough of a captivating storyline involving the NWO that you didn't need a a world title feud to anchor the pay per view mm-hmm. because it was being anchored by Whoever the NWO was feuding with at that time, at this point in time, it was Ric Flair, uh, Piper, and Kevin Green. uh, DP were he he, he's fresh off his match with Savage,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) so we had a little thing there. So there, there was a lot going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So like the fact that there was no world title match on this pay per view, um, I honestly didn't miss it. I agree because there's so much. Going on, like mm-hmm. now you get the, now like when you're, cha- when you're, when, when you're the world champion, the stories revolve around you defending yeah. the title, and honestly that should always be your focal point. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're the champion, every storyline, well at least the, the major storyline should revolve around you. Throughout the show, they should be talking about you as they would do on Nitro. They'd always talk mm-hmm. about Hogan. They never so much talk about who he's defending the title against, but it, Hogan's name was in everybody's mouth. Agreed. Every now and then, you'll catch on SmackDown. Roman is being mentioned more frequently than just his segments, right? And they need to do more of that with the lower car. I mean, they they do it with the with the women's titles, mm-hmm. especially with Rhea and, and, and Bianca, because they are so like they're so larger than life and beloved that people are always kind of that they're always the main, the main storyline on the women's side. But yeah, I'd like to see that around the Eric title around the U S title, make those titles kind of feel a little bigger, always kind of have somebody going for those belts.
1: Right. Right. I agree.
0: And I think that I, I I think a lot of people now in wrestling, they kind of look at the belt as a prop Mm -hmm. as opposed to it being, like a coveted
1: title to actually yeah. have. Good point. Uh very good point. Uh they start the show with a package showcasing the main event, which pits uh, members of WCW against the NWO. Shocking! Uh we you are welcome. You don't say. We are welcome to the show by the usual cast uh, of characters here: Tony Schiavone, uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the incomparable Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, the
0: American Dream, baby.
1: they talk about the big match between Reggie white and Steve Mongo McMichael, uh, as well as the main event, uh, both, you know, Mongo, um, and, and white played in the NFL uh, at one time. And I think they were even teammates at one point too. So that's bad. No, they were never teammates. I thought they might've been like very shortly.
0: Maybe there was a, you know, I think Reggie went to the Packers after Mongo was already done because Reggie was on the Eagles before he went to the Packers, and then the what the Panthers and he went to. Or am I uh, making something up?
1: So he went to Green Bay in ninety four. Uh, Mongo, uh, Reggie White went to Green Bay in ninety three. So they did play together. Oh, okay. So, all right. So all right. So all right. Okay. All right, that's quick Google search, ladies and gentlemen, on the fly. Um, they talk, no, no, about- no, no,
0: no, it's just me. No, stop, stop Googling things, we're gonna make things up, make up our own history.
1: That's true. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 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 um, they talk more about the main event before setting it down to the ring for the first match, which is a pretty good opener. Again, man, like in this era, like it was a lot of Steven Regal and like the ultimate dragon opening up matches. This is for the WCW TV title. Um, this goes 16 minutes. That's another thing that WCW was known for in this era. That opening match, it was going at least 12 to 15 minutes. You know, at least this one goes just over 16 minutes. Um, Regal hits a, a reverse suplex locks in that Regal stretch and uh, ultimate dragon tapped out. Look, I, I thought of course it was a methodical. It was kind of a slow match between two guys that are, you know, really good technicians in the ring. Another guy, can be a high flyer as well. Um, But, you know, even with the slow moving, like, moments, some of the rest holds, I don't think it took away from the match, George. You know, Ono kicking, Dragon from behind was a shocker, and it leads to him ultimately losing the title. Um, Like, both men, I felt, shined very well in this match. And while it, you know, wasn't for every wrestling fan, for me personally, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I'm, you know, the fans were really into well, uh, Steven Regal as well. And it was really cool uh, seeing him walk out with some television gold here. What was your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I'm uh, Hashtag bring back Sonny Ono. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I, I love the era of managers and now there's so few and far between like, just bring him back.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I, I know we got Paul Heyman, we got MVP, but that's pretty much where that lives and mm-hmm. dies at this point. I didn't realize that this match was like 60 minutes. I was thinking, I was like, I was like this match is going on quite a while. I mean, I mean, I I would have maybe trimmed a couple minutes off of it, mm-hmm. but 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 Sonny Ono turning on Ultimate Dragon uh, was, I almost say, a shocker. So I felt like I kind of knew it was coming. Because I think we reviewed a pay per view after this, and they were on opposite sides of the ring. So mm-hmm. I kind of figured this is where it was. But very entertaining opening match by two people who knew each other and could give you a solid opener and get the crowd hot. That was, a that was an important thing. Get that crowd hot, get them pumped for the next match so they can sit back down.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and then we get the real barn burner of the night Medusa finally, you know, getting her shot at Luna Vachon, um, Medusa, though, gets the win. They somehow gave this match five minutes, which I think was – they gave this match five minutes and ten seconds, which I believe was about five minutes and seven seconds too long. Um, I, you know, Medusa gets the win. Um, you know, both women look great here. I will give them that. Um, I thought even though for the time it was better than most women's matches – uh, the back and forth was pretty good. They were like credible badasses. Like these two, you know, probably could have gotten to, into like a legit shoot fight in this ring. Um, and it would have just been them agreeing to do something like that. Um, It was the usual hair pulling and stuff. But overall, it wasn't the worst wrest- uh, women's wrestling match I've seen in this era. Uh, what was your thoughts? It wasn't the worst thing i've seen medusa
0: do in (laughs) wcw at this point point.
1: um
0: it was a women's match i don't know the storyline going into it but they were were, i know uh shivani and dusty kept talking about and i think lee marshall also jumped in on commentary for this Mm -hmm. because for some reason he needed to speak Mm -hmm. and they were talking about like it's all like Medusa says that she's the right, the rightful owner of the WWE Women's Title, and I'm laughing the whole time because I know that that title has no lineage. It has like three fucking holders, I
1: know. and
0: nobody ever lost the belt. It just was vacated each time.
1: Uh, it's it so was true. like they
0: were trying to. I mean, listen, Eric Bischoff has is, is admittedly said he was never a fan of women's wrestling. He saw it as a gimmick, much like how Glow was in the late eighties. Yeah. um, Very early nineties. He just saw as, you know, Hey, this is a come down match. You guys just sat for 16 minutes watching a clinic. So Mm -hmm. we're going to give you a pee break. (laughs)
1: Um, Good point. Um, Mean jeans in the aisle way. And of course, as a scoop, you can only hear by calling the WCW hotline. 1-900-909-9900. He is interrupted by macho man, Randy Savage and Elizabeth. He grabs Gene by the back of the head and sends him to the back. He grabs the mic and they start talking in the ring. uh, To the ring, I'm sorry. Savage starts by saying that the center of the universe is the NWO and that Diamond Dallas Page doesn't want any part of him. Page makes his way down to the ring through the crowd uh, and he had a, a crutch in his hand. Savage and Liz flee the ring. Bischoff comes out to stop him to, to attack Page. The rest of the nine million members of the NWO come out, but uh, they all stay at the entrance. Um, Paige says that Savage won't come in the ring because there is no one there to attack him from behind. DDP says that uh, Savage spends his free time washing Hogan's car and kissing his ass. What a great line! Um, I don't watch no one's car. Hey, that wasn't written. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Um, just, Savage looks works the- up into a shoot bar. <laughs> Savage looks on from the entranceway, just literally blowing a gasket. Uh, he tries talking to Bischoff, who call uh, who tries to calm him down, but it doesn't work. Savage makes his way to the ring slowly while Paige is standing there waiting for him. Uh, he slides in, and Paige starts taking out every member of the NWO with his crutch. Scott Norton is the one who puts a stop to this whole thing. Um which allows the all the only thing he the only thing he ever did in WSW. I know. Uh the giant hits the ring and the NWO clears out. Um, look, I don't like promos on pay-per-views, but I think you know this show needed this. You know, you don't have Hogan, you don't have a world championship match, you gotta get some other stars here. And getting DDP and a in a um and macho man here, I felt like it worked. The crowd was really into it, that's for sure. And there was so much animosity at this point between uh, Savage and DDP that this felt like out of control, like in a good way. Yeah. Um, And I thought the rivalry between these two was actually one of the better ones that does not get talked about a lot, especially back in 97. Um, So I was a big fan of this segment. So awesome stuff. Do do, do you think Savage
0: hated page because after those comments that page made about Savage washing his car and kissing Hogan's ass mm-hmm. he was actually mad because he's like how dare you compare me to Brutus beefcake I'm much better than that oh, I mean page was injured so maybe he thought Macho Man was beefcake because on any given day you can catch brother Brutai out there washing one of Hogan's cars
1: mm-hmm.
0: even to this day, in even 2023. To this day. yeah
1: um, all right, so I'm going to mess up this name. Uh, next match is Yuji Yasaroka versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, so just for the purposes of this review, I'm just going to call him Yuji. <laughs> Not Eugene, Yuji. Um, so Rey Mysterio gets the win here at just about 15 minutes uh, with a springboard hurricanrana, which in 1997 was still awesome to watch um look man i thought this was a really above average match which you know should surprise no one i mean mysterio was just so incredible even in 97 he worked so well from underneath um and he was always just good at being the 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 baby face to battle back um you know he is one of the best sellers like in the history of, of wrestling um, you know, Yuji was a product of just mostly Japan. I've never heard of him until I watched his pay-per-view um, because most it, I didn't read dumb fuck Dave Meltzer, um, but he did really, but you know, he did really well in this match. It was a great back and forth for the most part. Um, I, you, you know, I, at this point, you could tell that the seeds were being planted that Mysterio was going to be next in line for that cruiserweight title uh, to get a shot at, at six six at this time. Um, what was your thoughts on this one?
0: My thoughts was, now, when I was watching this, I was kind of half in and out. I stepped out of the room because I had to use the bathroom, but I didn't pause I didn't pause Peacock. So when I came back and the match was going on, my, my first thought, I swear to God, was, oh, this must be the first time that Ray fought Dominic.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I'm like, this <laughs> kid looks a <laughs> lot like Dominic. Mysterio. Really and then I'm does. like, that's not... I'm like, wait a minute, that's not like who the And I didn't write, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I, I was like, I have literally never heard of this guy.
1: But it was a Ray <laughs>
0: match. So I'm, it was it was a Ray match in 97. So I was paying attention pretty intently. Oh. Yeah, it was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was on.
1: I agree. F- f-
0: like, absolutely fantastic. It was, it was everything you expected from Ray Mysterio at this point in time. Yeah. Who was really doing no wrong in the ring.
1: For sure. Absolutely. He was such a stud by this point. Um, next match here is Mortis Versus the one The only thank god the only Glacier um,
0: Not the only I mean sub Zero is literally this character
1: That's a good point but Or I should R- say
0: Glacier is sub zero <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, You know we did get this match The previous month and it also was Not good there um, <laughs> So this match You know gets you know the winner By DQ is Glacier at one minute And 50 seconds um you know glacier sends mortars to the outside which you know wrath is around into the ring uh, he hits glacier with a weapon and the referee just throws the match out at 151 so because of wrath we have thank god a dud under two minutes here um hey to be like,
0: fair the rough was probably there were the the, the rough was already probably about this close to throwing the match anyway he's like i don't even give a shit
1: yeah it was just I don't even know why this was on the pay-per-view. I mean, I guess it because it was a nitro angle that was happening. Mortis beat up Glacier for like a minute before Wrath, who uh is atom bomb, correct? Um yes, he is atom bomb. Rath or Brian down. Clark, if you will. Brian Clark, yeah. Um, you know, it just wasn't good. After the match, Mortis and Wrath take turns, just just brutalizing Glacier. Um, mortis uh slams his head into the stairs at, at ringside, then rolls him back into the ring uh wrath grabs glacier and puts him in a full nelson which allows other guys to take him out a quote-unquote fan hits the ring and takes out uh both mortis and wrath that fan is the legendary ernest the cat miller um so just good stuff there at the end i'm always a fan of the cat
0: so it it's clear that glacier mortis wrath Ernest the Cat they are all supposed to be these characters, like inspired from fighting games of the '90s. Correct. Which, if you remember the '90s, and I know you do, Chris, mm-hmm. pretty vividly, mm-hmm. fighting games were literally all the fucking rage. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Virtual Fighter, Tekken—they were everywhere. You couldn't escape them. Mm-hmm. And you figure, with all these great gimmicks, Glacier, Rathmore, the one that stuck and got over and got a reaction. Was Ernest the fucking Cat Miller? Mm-hmm. Because out of the four of them, he's the only one who had charisma that you actually <laughs> wanted to pay attention to. Especially That's when he was doing his James Brown stick later on. Now he something with James Vandenberg, um, who we've who I've seen kind of all over the '90s and uh, in, and in, in, in wrestling in general with him being James Vandenberg and ECW, the sinister minister, and then the Reverend James Mitchell over in a in an Impact. Mm-hmm. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's a sinister minister. Thinking that he had this gimmick for years. He was literally in the ECW for like a year. But for some reason, I thought he was always there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's a I good mean,
0: point. It's, it It's kind of like how um, Jericho always talks about his time in ECW. We think Jericho was in ECW for years. He was in ECW from June 1996 to August 1996. Wow. Jericho spent two months in ECW, won mm-hmm. the television title in his debut, then like lost to Shane Douglas at the next pay-per-view, and then was gone not long after that.
1: Right. Yeah, he was which way too only, good for ECW.
0: Which just, track, which just cracks me up when Sabu is showing up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Jericho knew Sabu. They had one match. And I Googled it. Because I was curious, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, maybe there was, because I don't know anything about Jericho's ECW career, going into my Google search. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it was two months. <laughs> oh, they had one match. And then I, I looked at the match and used I'm like, god, oh, maybe it was on like hardcore TV. No, it's like grainy resolution, mm. fan cam uh. at some gym.
1: And, right, every sing- and every
0: single and every single comment on that video was made within the last
1: ten hours. Of course. <laughs> uh, next match we got here is for the WCW United States title: Dean Malenko versus Jeff Jarrett with oh, Debra McMichael. God. My man. Yeah, man. Wolf. Um. The I'm winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dean Malenko is the winner and still United WCW United States champion. after just under 17 min- minutes, man, I, I I thought this was good. I thought it was really good. I might've oh, went like, yeah. about, I thought it, the only thing, my only criticism of this match is that it might've went on like three minutes too long, but you know, Jarrett and Malenko were such great technical wrestlers and performers. Uh, they went back and forth until the very end. Um, You know, there was also the storyline between Jarrett and Mongo that was also continuing with Mongo essentially costing them the match. It's been a while, you know, since at this point, we had seen such a great technical match like that in WCW. And it was just so refreshing um, to see that. And when you gave Jeff Jarrett like a really good, capable opponent, Jarrett was so good too. Um, What was your thoughts on this?
0: And this was early Jarrett too. Early Jarrett, yeah. I mean, like... Obviously, when he left and went to WWF and then he came back and laid WW, everyone looks upon that as just like, ugh, because of the Russo era. Jarrett was giving you a solid match every single time. Jericho never, or Jericho, Jarrett never phoned it in. Never. Jarrett was always, he was always present, you know, and he's one of those, and he's one of those guys like Triple H, like Brock,
1: mm-hmm. who will
0: just call it in the ring. Does he nope. Yeah we got this down, we'll call in the ring. And and yeah, as you said, you give Jarrett the right opponent, mm-hmm. and it's it's a, five, it, it, it's a five-star clinic. Yeah. I know you said like you thought this match went on me a little too long. I mean, I'd, I'd watch D. Malenko wrestle a broomstick oh, for an hour. So I, I don't even give a shit.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, that's a good point. I just felt like and, yeah. I might have dragged at the end, like in, in the middle a little bit, yeah. but look, I don't care. It was... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If I had minimal complaint it would have been just 17 minutes Is a lot at this point in the pay-per-view but i'm i'm fine with it i I told four-star match
0: i told you uh i i told you when i watched this pay-per-view because obviously we usually when i watch these things i end up throwing you text messages as
1: the the double underhook
0: yeah just to let you know that i'm paying attention (laughs) But but that but that double underhook Powerbomb into the Texas Curve League is, is one of the best move transitions
1: I've ever seen. Ever. I agree. I agree. Ever. Love like, I love it.
0: Past, present, future. It's mm-hmm. it's great. And I also told you that I think Dean Malenka was kind of painfully underutilized in WSW. And you're like, that's yeah, because he was shorter and all that. But here's what I would have done just, just a, a little thing, not, not a long thing, but since he's U.S. Uh, champion right here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you. You should have had somebody from the NWO who 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 mattered, maybe Scott Hall, maybe Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. not fucking Buff or Vincent or any of those clowns. Have them go for the U.S. title, like maybe sneak it and get it off of Malenko in some underhanded way, and then have Malenko like run a gauntlet through the through various members of the NWO mm-hmm. with the stipulation being to owed to up to this man with 1,000 holds gimmick that each person he beats has to be beaten with a different submission.
1: Mm-hmm. Great point. So oh, that's, that's a really like, good idea.
0: Like it would have been a great way to kind of build Malenko up, get the crowd behind him real hot because I mean, he had no charisma. So you got to do something to get him in mm-hmm. and then just show it's like, all right, he's a man with 1,004 holds. Well, let's see some of these holds. Let's see what he can do. I mean, this is also something you could have done with the Cruiserweight title as well, you know, going through guys like Jericho and, um, and El Dandy and Juventud, you know, have him just run a gauntlet and he's got to beat all of them with different submission holds.
1: I agree. Yeah. Um, and like, look, and I've even heard, um, I've heard Eric Bischoff say multiple times on his podcast, 83 weeks, where you know he's the pre- he calls himself the president of the Dean Malenko fan club, and so he wishes he would have utilized him a little bit better. Some some president, you
0: literally had this guy in your company, you did nothing with him. i not yeah. talk about you're the president of the fan club. You shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree.
0: Maybe maybe the president of the Just for Men hair club where he kept dying his hair.
1: Uh, that's a good point too. He's still a great man. Um, oh yeah next match is uh, <laughs> say the, it Chris very inappropriately named uh a death match between Ming and Chris Benoit with woman. Oh, God, it's so hard to like read that out loud. Um shockingly though, another 17-minute match with Ming. Ming gets the win. Um it's Look, I never thought I'd be in a world watching wrestling where Ming is going 17 minutes, but it happened here in 1997. But I will say, man, this was a fight. This was a brouhaha. Um, I mean, there,
0: Ming probably had bar fights that lasted longer than 17 minutes, so this wasn't too shocking to me. It's that's a,
1: that's a good point. You know, there's no other way to describe it other than that these two literally just like went to war for 15 plus minutes. Um, every time Benoit had like some kind of offense, Ming took him out immediately. Um, uh, then you had the story between Woman and Miss Jackie that also continued, although they did have a brief, a very brief interaction. You know, having Benoit pass out rather than tap out is a really good way to protect Benoit, um, you know, and, and put the, the Tongan death grip over as a devastating hold. Um, but of course, it went nowhere with Ming. I mean, th- this went nowhere. Um, which they had like a they had a rematch of this exact
0: same match at the next pay-per-view.
1: It, yeah, I know. Which and,
0: I thought was a better
1: match. It was a better match, yes. Um, I agree.
0: Now, given everything we know now, yeah. After 2007, after June 2007 and going back and watching this match, it was a little uncomfortable watching this match. And listening to woman scream every time something happened to Chris, I'm just like, yeah, I
1: like I'm I wasn't there finally I, come around like, to being uncomfortable. Like, <laughs>
0: like I was, listen, I never said I wasn't. I just, oh. I, 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 I just toned it down for the viewers, mm-hmm. listeners, but it's like, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the match and I'm, I'm researching stuff up on, uh, online and I'm like, all I'm hearing is the commentary and her screaming. And I'm like, Ugh. listen, I wasn't there in 2007, but I don't want to hear any sort of audio that might have been inside the house because it probably sounded a lot like this.
1: Yeah.
0: And I just, it's, <laughs> it, it was just one of those things. And it's like, oh, like Kevin Sullivan sent me after. It's like, please, 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 just stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't take the like, like, don't take the matches down obviously keep it up because these are great matches. It is history. You can't just erase history. You can't just erase mm-hmm. the parts of history that make a few people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. You, you, you got to keep it all there. Cause even if they don't, people are just going to research it anyway. So might as also well just put it out there for everyone to say
1: for sure. I but, agree. People... But
0: Dan, maybe tone, maybe tone down the, the, the background of her screaming during the match, maybe find yeah. a way to kind of dim that down a little bit.
1: Yeah. That and might I, be a pretty good idea.
0: I mean, they have no problem editing out um, songs that they don't have the licensing for anymore. So, right, know, maybe maybe go through and kind of take some of that out. Just makes it a little a little easier to watch.
1: I think you should write a strongly worded email to them. I won't. <laughs> I won't. Uh, next match here is Conan and humor- humorous Hugh Morris. Not hum- humorous. For- no,
0: no, it's humorous. It's humorous. Funny. It's
1: funny. Um, it's funny. That's
0: supposed to be funny? It's supposed to make me laugh. Humorous, what? Humorous? <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> uh, they're going up against the Steiner brothers here. Um, you know, the Steiners have, you know, they've had their hands full lately uh, on TV against with the NWO, particularly the outsiders, but uh, they're taking on a different team here. Um <laughs> just an odd, odd mix up here. But the Steiners do get the win at nine minutes and thirty seconds. Uh, you know, this was a point in time where Scott was pretty athletic for his size, but you could tell like, boy, like he's like too big, like he's getting too big. Um, like, I guess my comparison would be like Brian cage for those who might still know that he's in professional wrestling still. Um, you know, he had all the tools to be, to be a really top guy at at that point, um, and he eventually became that. Um, but here, you could kind of tell that he was starting to fade away from the tag team uh, aspect of his career. Um, you know, uh, Hugh Morris and and Conan did a good job on when they had offense. Um, but when Rick tagged in, it was all over. The Steiners going over here made sense because, you know, they were still feuding with the Outsiders. And, you know, you got to make sure the Steiners still look semi-strong before having to lose to the nwo right um you know and this also advances the story of conan leaving jimmy hart because conan would soon thereafter join the nwo um and of course by the way i forgot to say that the frankensteiner is still such an impressive move for a guy that size so good it really you made is. a a com-
0: you just made a comparison of Scott Snyder to Brian Cage,
1: and in terms of athleticism for guys that big, I'm
0: gonna tell you where you're, I'm I'm, I'm gonna tell you every that you're wrong with this because Brian Cage is terrible. <laughs> he just looks good. He can't do it. I mean, he this is a guy who goes by his, the, the nickname of Mister
1: GMSI,
0: which stands for Get My Shit In, because this guy wants to get all of his stuff in in every match. Mm. But he's He's got I mean if you if you're comparing him in Steiner, the only thing you really can compare is the physique because mm-hmm. KJ got it in the ring and he sure as fucking got it on the mic. Steiner was like the complete package. It's just a shame that that WCW didn't utilize him until it was too late.
1: Yeah. That's a good that's a great point too. Um next match here is one of the you know, I guess you could call it the semi-main. Steve Mongo, McMichael. Uh, versus reggie white um you know white was still playing at a really high level here in the nfl at this point um and it's just another man in the long list of outside talent the wcw was able to pull in it during this time especially from the nfl um it's just you know this was during an era of kevin green was also around um you know then you go you know from the nba you have the Carl Malone's, the Dennis Rodmans. It was incredible the pull um, that the WCW was able to get from, from a uh, mainstream perspective back then. But um, somehow the WCW thought it was a very good idea to give Steve Mongo McMichael and Reggie White 15 minutes to wrestle this match. Um, 15 fucking minutes. Yep. I know, man. This is. Uh, good.
0: You know, it's funny. Both of these guys were at WrestleMania 11, two years prior. Um, LT and Bam Bam went 11. So Mm -hmm. this went four minutes longer than LT and Bam Bam.
1: And what could possibly go wrong with a ring general like Steve Mongo McMichael leading the way? Listen, I, I mean... You got a
0: guy, you you got Reggie White, you got a celebrity in there. He's an athlete who's still playing the NFL. He's a guy that you know you want to protect him, make sure he doesn't get hurt. So, yeah. what better person to put him in the ring with than Steve Mongo McMichael?
1: The catches, catch, can catch stylings of Mongo McMichael. Um, to this
0: day, lamented. I mean, he, his name is up there with all the greats.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Shockmaster. Tom Zank, (laughs) Brian Cage.
1: He's up there with all of them. Oh, my God. That's so good. So, I mean, I don't really give negative ratings, but this is a negative rating. You know, there were more headlocks in this match than any match other than maybe since the 1950s. You know, I give Reggie White like a ton of credit for doing this, but the WCW could have helped him out a little bit and giving him someone better to work with. Um, and look, that's no disrespect to Mongo. I'm sure Mongo would be the first guy to tell you he probably shouldn't have been in this spot here, leading the way uh, in in this singles match with Reggie White. But it happened, and boy, it happened for a long time. <laughs> so what? So what? So here's what confused me. So earlier in the night,
0: Mongo comes down and kind of distracts Jared when he takes Deborah, you know, back to the back and. Jarrett loses his match to his team like, oh. mm-hmm. but then in this match, Jarrett comes down and tosses him a Halliburton case that he hits Reggie White with and picks up the win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is the oddest rivalry I've ever witnessed in my life.
1: It's, it's a tough one, bro. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get to the main event of this show. Team NWO, which is Scott Hall, Kevin Nash and six, or you can just say the click. Uh, versus Team WCW which is the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Kevin Green. Um Kevin Green played for the Carolina Panthers at that time so there's two matches both you know the main, the semi main and the main two NFL players so whatever. Um Except is- Kevin Green's a little better
0: in the ring than the than the last two guys.
1: Yes. Um the only thing I remembered from this match was when I thought I remember this being the match that flair actually had a chance to actually jump off the top rope, but I remember it being that, that, um, that Scott Hall caught him and hit him with the fall away slam. I was like, ah, oh, damn, Rick almost got it. <laughs> uh, sh- shame on you for thinking. Otherwise. I know. I know. Um, the winners though, Rick flair, Roddy Piper and Kevin green at 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, You know, it ends where um, Scott Hall sets Flair up for an outsider's edge, but Flair counters it into a figure four. Uh, Kevin Green comes in and hits Nash and Piper, gets him with a sleeper. Green takes out six, and he covers him with Nick Patrick coming down and counting the three count. I thought the match was fine. I really liked it. I dug it. It it was elevated by how much the crowd was into it. Holy cow, they were into everything that uh, Piper, Flair, and Kevin Green did especially when flair was in the match because if there's a president of a single state it's flair and Charlotte, you know, and it's North Carolina. Right. Um, you know, it got out of control in some spots that involved Kevin green, but again, it, you know, he's an NFL football player. He's not a, you know, a trained professional wrestler and psychologist in the ring. Um, but overall I thought it was way better than it probably should have been. Um, you know, Green did hold his own in the ring and you know, and not to be embarrassed by hitting some moves you just didn't expect from him, right? So, yep. so you could you could see how hot the NWO versus WCW feud was at this time. And finally the fans were able to see the the NWO get their come up ins in this one. Um and so it's just crazy, man. Nick Patrick coming under the ring to count the pinfall was also interesting because and I forgot about this until i did the research because it was you know he burned the nwo this is the second show in a row that he did that um Mm -hmm. look was this the best match i've seen of course not but it really closed this show very well in an era where wcw was awful booking main events uh what was your thoughts on this whole thing
0: what really helped Kevin Green in this match is the fact that he was in there with consummate professionals. Yes. Flair, Piper, Scott mm-hmm. Hall, Waltman, mm-hmm. Nash. Like he's he's not in there with Mongo. Exactly. You know? Yeah. He's in there. Oh. He's in there with you know people who are gonna protect him and, and you know help make him and you know and and make him look good, make him look strong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this match is a lot better than I remember it being. Yeah. And we still got our NWO. In the main event, they've been at a talking point the entire pay per view. You love seeing these three guys together, Nash, mm-hmm. uh, Hall, and Six. Yeah, love seeing those guys together. In fact, they even called them the Wolf Pack at one point. So, oh wow! You
1: know, by the well, way, I, Piper, I did what it, they, Piper looked like a million bucks.
0: Oh God, he did. Mm-hmm. I love WWE Piper. I thought Me he too. was. I thought it was money. I agree. Um. I agree. But I was I I was into this match, mm-hmm. and. I'm usually not in flare matches. Not for, for any other reason, but you know, with with a flare match, if you if, if you've seen one, you you see them, seen all.
1: them all. I agree. I agree. And then
0: um, as you said, like when he came off the top rope, it's just like it's like he's gonna and it's like nah. Shame on me for thinking otherwise. Fool me right. once, shame on you, fool me twice. We'll get fooled again.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um so overall, man, that wraps up. Slamboree 1997 uh, Out of 10 What do you give this About a 6 That's my score Largely I mean
0: I, I, As good as a couple of these matches were It is a largely forgettable pay per view Yeah
1: mm-hmm. I agree. Mainly
0: because a lot of the, Mainly because Um Some of the feuds that kind of came out of this Like Conan and Hugh Morris Who gave a shit Um Like Kevin Green, we weren't going to see him again for a while. Medusa,
1: Luna, Uh, Bashan.
0: Medusa, Luna, who cares? Glacier and Mortis and Wrath. We're going to see them at the next pay-per-view. Benoit and Ming, we're going to see them again at the next pay-per-view. So it's Mm -hmm. watching. Unfortunately, we had kind of the, just scheduling-wise, we did Great American Bash first and then we did this so like we did grand mac mm-hmm. bash last year yeah and then we did this mm-hmm. so we kind of already knew what was to come
1: right so I was and like I, so
0: like I remember well I remember when I was looking at it I'm like we did this pay-per-view right and I had to like go ahead and like oh wait
1: no, <laughs> we didn't. right the um, I will say the only thing I would have changed in this in this pay-per-view I would have changed the placement of uh, Mongo, and Reggie White, I would have slotted that behind the Steiners and Conan and Hugh Morris because the WCW is really lucky that the crowd did not die with that Mongo and Reggie White match um, because that really could have killed the crowd. It really could have. Um, thankfully, it did not because the NWO and WCW team was so high and the fact that Flair was in the main event. You know, God, God, if Flair wasn't in that main event, I'm not sure if the crowd would have been able to make it from the match they had just seen prior to that. Um, yeah, just, just kind of going ahead to that pay per view that we did last year. I mean, yeah,
0: it, there there was a lot of rematches. I mean, we had Kevin Green against Steve McMichael because. Mm-hmm. Mongo had such luck with Reggie White. Let's put him in there with another football player. Yes. Um, and then like, the, and then like the outsiders against Flair and Piper. So it was just, like, it was a lot of rematches. Yeah. Yeah. That we kind of went into. which
1: yeah, is a shame, I, I Considering
0: how deep, which is a shame concern how deep that roster is. I
1: like agree. We shouldn't be getting, re,
0: we shouldn't be getting repeat no. matches.
1: No, Mm-mm.
0: no, I, I mean- hate, I, I, I hate when WWF does it or WWE does it. I, 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 I've seen this match on pay-per-view once already. I don't want to see it again the next month. It's not a selling point to me.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of the reasons why um, my Aunt Nancy, who everyone who's listened to the show for a long time knows that she's the one that got me into wrestling. She used to tell me all the time, because I always used to ask her, hey, you get in this pay-per-view, you get in that pay-per-view. And she always used to say to me, I don't get any pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania, the Rumble, or the Survivor Series. And I was like, why? And she goes, because I'm going to see the matches again on Raw. They're going to just give us the same matches again on Raw and SmackDown that that people paid money for on Sunday. So what's the point? I said, okay. I mean, that's actually a really good point because WWF did that, especially from like 2007 through like today. If you wrestled at Mania, there's a pretty good chance you were going to see them wrestle again on Raw or like two Raw's later. Um so it's like, man, I just paid all that money and I'm gonna see it again on free television. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave this uh this a six as well. I thought like Luna and Medusa could have been off the card, Glacier and Mortis didn't need to be on the card. Um, I don't know why in the blue hell they thought that Mongo and Reggie White could go seven, like 16, 17 minutes. But other than that, man, that that main event was hot, hot, hot. And in W in, in pro wrestling in 97, there was nothing hotter than NWO versus WCW. And that main event proved it. Um, so it was overall, it was a six. It was a good show. I didn't regret watching it. So that's that's how I feel. Um, when I watch WCW shows, my takeaway from them are did I regret watching this? <laughs> that's usually how I do things. Um Okay, that wraps up WCW Slamboree 1997. We have one more show coming to you guys in May, and that's next week. We are going to be covering Hulk Hogan's 1989 in the WWF Hulkamania was still running absolutely wild in the World Wrestling Federation. And we're just going to have a conversation. We're going to go through the pay-per-views that he showed up on, um, just, you know, what was going on, the stories, if uh, this was around the time where maybe Hulkamania was starting to kind of cool down a little bit um, as we reached a new, you know, a new decade. Um, Because at this point, Hulkamania was 300 days a year going on what 84, 85, 86, 87, 80, you know, this is six years in a row where Hulk Hogan is the number one name on the globe, um, literally holding down the fort by himself. Um, So we're going to talk a lot about, Hulk Hogan next week, uh, then when June hits, we got some good ones. We have Bad Blood from two thousand four, which is one of my favorite main events in the in my wrestling fandom. That's the Hell in a Cell match between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Uh, we have after that the Nitro before and after the Great American Bash in nineteen ninety six. Then we got Hulkamania running wild in nineteen ninety, and then the wrestling. Uh, What was the wrestling landscape like Right before the arrival Of the NWO Uh, So we're going to talk about that That's going to be June and then we'll talk more About July when we get to June (laughs) Um, All right. so follow us At the Hot Tag Podcast on Instagram Uh, Check us out there for all show Updates Um, George thank you so much man really appreciate it Hey no problem hey and if I Could real quick uh,
0: Happy birthday to the Tribal Chief Roman oh, Reigns. Oh,
1: Roman Reigns. Happy happy
0: birthday to to my tribal chief. I I acknowledge Roman. I acknowledge He him. doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to us, but that's yeah. all right.
1: What is he 38 now?
0: He is 38. Uh, R- Roman Reigns is the same age as me. So God he's Put so, that so in so all of your perspective. He's... And and the and the and the body type is extremely similar, as you know, Chris. Absolutely. Uh me and Roman, we're like twins except he's Samoan and I'm a pasty white person.
1: Yeah, but still, but you're just you're just as jacked as he is. Um,
0: I'm just I, I'm just as jacked. Anyone listening will believe unless they've seen me in person. <laughs>
1: uh, just, and he's 38, which in wrestling is such a young man. It's crazy. Um, I
0: mean, it's funny because you would think that. I mean, in 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 football, 38 is an old man.
1: Oh like, yeah. In most sports he's already
0: looking at you being yeah. Like in, in 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 football, basketball, like baseball, it's just like, oh, you're you're fucking winding down. I mean hockey you can play till you're fifty and nobody gives a shit because everyone looks old that plays hockey. I know. You I could know. be eighteen and fresh from the draft, it's like, wow, what's that old man doing burning the candle at both
1: ends? <laughs> um, just to remind everyone that Roman's thirty eight, uh Finn Balor turns forty two in July. So it's a young man's game man. I mean I, I mean as yeah. in like you're young at 38 and 42 in wrestling as long as you're healthy you're a young guy man. Um all right it's so f- it, it's funny
0: because they thought uh they thought S- Savage was winding down his days in in the early 90s when he yeah. was what like maybe, 40?
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe 40 maybe maybe 40 maybe like 38 so yeah um, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I'm Chris C. Francesco. That's George Rogers. We'll catch you guys down the road. Have a great rest of your week and weekend and have an awesome Memorial Day holiday. And We'll catch you guys um, in the middle to late next week. Uh, so have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.